This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically our Arsenal News show. I hope you're doing good. I hope you are well and enjoying the rest of your week. One day left of the week, guys. You've got Friday. Well, I suppose today kind of counts, doesn't it? Thursday and Friday. And then you're on match day. So uh, lots to be positive about. Lots of interesting stuff going on as well in the world of Arsenal as we lead up to what is a very, very important fixture that we must win. Yesterday, I had a really good chat with Sophie from Highbury Squads. If you haven't yet watched that video, we talk about kind of, should we be worried after the Liverpool game? Do go back and watch that because it is a very interesting discussion because I don't share the same points of view about some things, but we do agree on another thing. And the chat box was quite reactive I think last night, and we discussed that, and we discussed some of the points that have been brought up in the chat box as well. So please do go give that a listen if you haven't done so already. Good morning to everybody in the chat box indeed. Kaiser, Stevie, Tariq are joining us social. We've got Liam, Matt, Thracian. We've got a new crit. We've got Marcus. We've got, uh, who else have we got? Paul, Tom, Bruce, uh, Hal. Thank you so many, Ishby, for all joining us. Really appreciate your time as always. I feel like... <clears throat> the voice is getting slightly better. Um, I think you saw from last night, it is in fact much better in the evenings than it is in the mornings, but we do usually start off the show a little bit better. But uh, hopefully it's starting to sort itself out uh, very, very slightly. I did do another test yesterday, which was negative, just to do a 100% check that things are indeed okay. So, And that did indeed come back negative. So it's not that. It's not the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the boogeyman in the closet, as it's sometimes described. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Did I say the boogeyman? The boat is it? Is it the that sounds like some dancing ghost? I'm sure it's not that. <laughs> I think it's something else. I hope you're doing it anyway, guys. Um, let's uh, let's crack on with the show and obviously go toe to talk uh, and go watch the Arsenal way. Yesterday, uh, on the show, Bailey and Guy had a really good chat with Dave Seeger, who's got a book out at the moment, uh, talking about the accessibility to disabled fans at Arsenal. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it uh, across your social feeds. 
Uh, they had a really good chat with Dave, so please do go give that a watch. Uh, he goes and explains all about the book. And uh, I know that you may have seen Dave do some other shows, uh, but as Dave tweeted, uh, Bailey asked some really good questions that haven't yet already been asked. Um, so do go and give that uh, a really good watch because it is definitely worth it. And we'll be live there at 9.30 as always too. Now, Richard Garlick's been coming out and speaking now. Garlick is our head of football operations at the club. He took over that role in the summer and was big, a uh, big, big part of our recruitment and sales sector. Um, but he released an article on the Arsenal website. I'm not going to go through the whole uh, article because it's quite big, but I do encourage you to go and give it a read just to kind of see what he does more than just transfers. He does stuff with the women's game. He does things with Per Metzak or in the academy as well. There is a lot of stuff that he is involved with that you know you should be involved in, in knowing what he does. But we'll go through a little bit. Some of the things that really interested me. He says, uh, typically as the transfer deals progress further, that's where my involvement grows. We get to the point where we have contracts ready to sign that have been agreed by the boards, the finance department and the legal department. Then they are presented to the player and his agent to complete the signing. From a personal point of view, I was pleased with how the window went. I think there were 57 transactions in total, including renewals, academy registrations, and the transfers in and out. A huge amount of work clearly goes into what Richard Garlick does. He also went to go on to talk about, kind of, as I say, his work with the women's team, uh, his work with the Premier League that he has to go and you know, conduct meetings when it's on a football operations perspective, uh, discussions about VAR. Uh, I imagine that comes down to appeals and things like that. But he's clearly doing some interesting work and, and work that was previously done by probably Edu prior to his arrival and also Rouse and Yehi Hasfami possibly involved with a lot of this too. So there's definitely certainly something um, that's going on uh, at the club behind the scenes with Richard that's, that's clearly positive and he talked a lot about the prog the progression that's kind of being made behind the scenes as well. So let's uh, move on to the next story. Charles Watts has been talking about our boy, Charlie Patino, and specifically that he feels that Patino will have some involvement in the game against Sunderland a little bit later on this season. We play Sunderland in the quarterfinals of the League Cup at home. And Charles says, I think he'll certainly have one eye on that Sunderland game in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal coming up at the Emirates. I think that we might see Patino involved in that one. The idea is certainly for next season for him to be in and around the first team picture, but you kind of want to integrate him before that. Arteta resisted the urge against Wimbledon. I would have played him against Wimbledon. I didn't see any reason why he couldn't have at least been on the bench. Salah Adeem was, of course, on the bench for the Leeds game. Uh, Patino probably would have been on the Leeds game. Um, but he just wasn't involved because of an injury, I think it was. He just was out of the game at that time. So that's why he wasn't there. But yeah, he should be involved against Sunderland. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, he should be involved against Sunderland. And we're going to hope that he is going to be involved against Sunderland. Or at least we wait to find out. But there's no reason why he shouldn't be at least on the bench and given an opportunity, especially considering the fact that we're going to be losing a lot of our central midfielders very soon. And so we need to, you know, preserve their fitness and use them in our most important games. I want to progress in the League Cup, and we have no excuses not to go past Sunderland in the League Cup quarterfinal and get to that semi-final. Um, it's likely that we'll be up against some tough teams. Liverpool, Chelsea, still very much in it. Uh, West Ham, of course, two Spurs. So there's going to be tough games if we do get to that semi-final, but there's two legs and a really good opportunity to try and get to a cup final again under Mikel Arteta, who's done you know, a very good job in the cup competitions during his tenure. 
so far. Let's uh, <clears throat> move on to Bernd Leno. The goalkeeper is said now not to be a player that will be leaving the club in January. Instead, the Athletic report that Bernd Leno will be a player that Arsenal try to keep hold of in the coming weeks um, as we go into winter. Mikel Arteta does not want to lose in mid-season. And if he does go, it will likely take place in the summer when they've got more time, more moverability to try and sort out a replacement, which actually goes against reports from Italy that suggest that Arsenal will be looking to bring in a couple of midfielders. One report is to say that Artur, the Juventus and former Barcelona midfielder, is on their radar for around £29 million. And the other midfielder is Renato Sanchez. Now, the specific story from Calcio Mercato uh, has claimed that Renato Sanchez is being targeted with the idea of selling Bernd Leno, Alexandre Lacazette and Eddie Nketiah all in January with a hope of getting in enough funds so that Arsenal would be able to sign Renato Sanchez. This seems like a bit of a far-fetched strategy, especially considering that a more reliable outlet in the Athletic report that Arsenal want to keep hold of Leno, that Alexandre Lacazette's future very much lies at the club until at least the end of the season, and Eddie Nketiah is simply not going to garner enough funds in the winter window for us to get hold of Renato Sanchez. I would be very, very surprised if Renato Sanchez does indeed join Arsenal, either in January or the summer. Is there interest? I'm sure that there is interest. It doesn't make too much sense for me to go for a player that is obviously as injured as he is. I'm not going to teach you to suck eggs now. You know the number of injuries he has had to deal with, the number of games that he has missed since 2017. So there is lots to be concerned about with this kind of deal. So there we go. Anyway, that does complete today's news, which means we're going to go over to you guys in the chat box. So if you do indeed have a question, throw it into the chat and we'll try and go through as many as possible. I'm going to play the intro titles and try to clear this ridiculous throat that, as you can tell, is clearly affecting them. Oh, dear. I don't think it did anything. Um, <laughs> it's always so bad in the morning. And then when I get to 9.30 and I do the 9.30 show over on the Arsenal way, it's somehow a lot better. I don't really get it how it changes in an hour. Uh, very, very strange. But uh, apologies that my voice is still very croaky in the mornings. Hopefully, it will sort itself out in the next few days or so. Um, Byron says, Tom, can we win the EFL Cup or am I just hoping for too much? Yes, absolutely, we can win the FL Cup. Um, it's a really good... I think Mikel Arteta, as someone who's worked at Manchester City, understands the importance of this competition, that it can be used as a bit of a springboard for the final part of the season. We've got four games until winning it, if we were. We have to win at least three of those, um, with the, obviously the other game in a two-legged fixture. You could afford to lose it, but you need to win the other leg very, very well. There are some big, big teams in that tournament still left. And we face one of the more simpler ones in Sunderland in the quarterfinal. Annoyingly, Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs were all kept apart, which is really irritating. But it does mean that hopefully some of those teams could be knocked out by some other performers. West Ham still in it as well. Really big side. I think Brentford are also still in it. So there's a lot still that needs to happen. A lot of games that still need to be played. Uh, I hope that we're going to take it seriously. I hope that we're going to use it to try and springboard, as I say, forwards. Um, but, you know, it is as it is. Um, let's go to um, a H in Farmy is guttural. So it's a palette sound. Um, hus, far. I mean, I can't do it with my voice right now. Fuck. 
Farmy, is that what it is? Farmy. <laughs> I could try my best, Mo, to do my best pronunciation of it, but uh, you'll have to forgive me. Shyam uh, says, do you think Arsenal must go to a 4-2-3-1 and drop Lacquer for Erdegaard? That's what I would do. I would have done it against Liverpool, personally, and I said that in my preview show uh, prediction, uh, which, by the way, we'll have one hopefully for you this afternoon. Um, but yeah, I would have personally switched out uh, Lacazette for Erdegaard in that game, and I would definitely do it against Newcastle. I wouldn't swap out Tavares for Tierney just yet. I would use Tierney against Manchester United, bring him on for a few minutes against Newcastle. I wouldn't drop the head of Tavares straight after that display against Liverpool. I think it's better managed, giving him that time to come back against the bottom of the league side and then bring Tierney on for the last few. So he's got some minutes in his legs ahead of the Manchester United game. John says, Tom, if you could give your sickness to any member of the Spurs throughout their history, including managers, who would you give it to? I'd pick Mourinho right after his spat with Wenger. Oh, John, that's a really personal thing. I don't want to make anyone ill, even Spurs players. I'm too nice. I'm not sadistic enough to do that to someone. Um, I suppose the bad voice would be quite funny on Mourinho during a press conference. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's very sadistic of you, John, to be passing on illnesses to people. Uh, Yassir says, Fabian Ruiz and Tielemans literally have 18 months on their deals. Why are we going after injury-prone players? I don't know. Maybe they are being kind of chased behind the scenes and we just don't know about them yet. Uh, Ishier says, which striker do you think suits how Arteta wants and which one would you prefer between Vlervic or Vlaovic, uh, Isaac, DCL or Ivan Tony? Obviously, I think Vlaovic is, uh, is proven to be a bit of a generational talent. If you can get him, go get him. If not, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is definitely the one that I would go for personally. Premier League experience, he adds that English core that we've got building. Um, yes, he, he does suffer with injuries too. That's certainly something to take into consideration. Um, I wouldn't go over, say, a £60 million figure for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. What style suits Arteta? I think we know that Arteta wants a player that's going to be able to you know, drop in, link up play. But I do think that the structure, I agree with my colleague David Hughes on the Arsenal Analysis Show earlier this week, we need to start gearing our attack so that it focuses chance creation towards the striker because at the moment, we're asking too much of our striker. We're asking too much of the striker to drop in, link up play. We need to create more chances for the striker, not ask the striker to be involved in trying to create more chances for everyone. We need to be focusing the direct movement of the ball towards our finisher, which at the moment is a Bamiyang. We have one of the best finishers in the game. Without a shadow of a doubt, Aubameyang is one of the best finishers and he's being asked to do more than he is typically capable or typically tends to do in his style of play. If you want to get the best from Aubameyang, it's not by playing him the way that we're currently playing him. We need to see great chances given to him in the box to try and score and we are not doing that frequently enough at the moment. So there you go. Um, Lyndon says, if you gave the illness to Mourinho, then if I speak, I'm in trouble. We'll have a whole different angle to it. <laughs> Very clever. I appreciate your humor. Colin says, it seems that no players will be leaving in January. I doubt it. Um, no, sorry, I doubt that that's true. I still think Kalasnach will end up going. I think that Eddie and Ketia could still move on. I think Balogun could go on loan. I think there could be players that do, indeed, do indeed still end up leaving. We'll have to wait and see. Paul says, should Arteta hit the panic button after one poor performance or should he back the team that started against Liverpool? I'd make a couple of changes. I don't think a couple of changes is hitting the panic button. I would change out Lacazette for Erdogan. I would not change Tavares for Tierney just yet. I would continue with Tavares for Newcastle. 
Uh, and to be honest, that's about it. I'd still keep everyone the same. Um, Partey and Lokonga, I think, need to stay together. You could arguably bring in Maitland-Niles for Lokonga, who had a really good performance against Watford and looked good when he came on against Liverpool as well. Maybe Lokonga needs a bit of a rest. That's the only kind of change I would look to make, personally. Uh, Lyndon, uh, do you think Martinelli as a striker is close to the style of Aubameyang and Lacazette? No, I'd continue to play Martinelli um, as a wide forward. I don't see the point in playing him as a striker. I like him as a wide forward. He's closer to the style of Aubameyang because of his pace. Um, I don't think he's one for link-up play in a central area. He can cross, he can create chances from a wide position, but if he was a striker, I'd want him finishing chances. I still think he's a good finisher, but I wouldn't play him as a, a Lacazette type as a striker personally. Uh, Adam says, don't you think that while we need conti uh, continuity in the back five, Arteta needs to rotate more up front, especially in the Christmas period? Look, we're going to have to rotate. There is no way that we can play our starting eleven in every single game the same. We have got so many fixtures, we are going to have to make changes during these games. So we will have to wait and see what indeed does happen, but we will have to rotate. There is no shadow of a doubt in my mind that we will have to rotate. So we will wait and see. Magamo said players like Aubameyang score more when the midfield is more dynamic than ours. We have a bit of a predictable setup in midfield and we need more creativity, which is why I would bring in Martin Odegaard for the game against Newcastle. Byron says, bring in another centre midfielder to create and play towards Aubameyang's strengths. I think Odegaard can be that player, yet he seems to have lost a bit of form. I think he's a bit out of confidence, to be honest. Just being dropped for Lacazette, I think he's dropped a bit of confidence, but hopefully he can put in the performances. He plays so well for Norway. Like You look at some of those performances, I don't want this to end up like a Granite Xhaka for Switzerland scenario. He's clearly a very, very talented player. We need to get him back in the team. We need to get him playing minutes because, and I'm sorry, but the stick that Erdogan gets to what you see online, some of the judgments on Erdogan are ridiculous, saying that he's a bad player and far, far worse words are used to describe him online. Erdogan is a good player with a lot of talent. You don't join Real Madrid at 16 if you're not talented. He has got a hell of a lot of talent in his game. And he's shown that for Arsenal, even in the cameo performances. I like his pressing. I like the way that he passes into the box really accurately. You look at his passes to the box stats. They're really, really strong. We need that type of play in our team. And hopefully we can add it to our team in the coming game. I'm sorry that this has not been a long show. I'm going to wrap up because my voice has started to go once again. Hopefully we can do some longer ones in the near future. Um, the temperature dropped from like six, 11 to 6 degrees or something like that here. It's been ridiculously cold. I think that might be something to do with it. Do drop a like on the video. Do join me this afternoon when my voice will hopefully have recovered uh, for the preview show of the Newcastle game at 5 p.m. UK time. So that's in what, eight, nine hours time. Do join us at 9.30 a.m. and at just over an hour's time on the Arsenal Way. Link is in the description for the channel as always. And do go listen to the shows from yesterday with myself and Sophie. I will see you a little bit later on this morning and this evening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.